Are you a single woman seeking answers why God hasn't given you a husband yet? If that's you, or you know someone in that situation, then this ad is for you. The Church of God England and Wales have launched an animated video course for single women called Faith for a Mate, which is available now at faithforamate.com. Now a lot of people blame the problem on a lack of single men in the church, but that's only half the story, just like men are only one half of a marriage. Faith for a Mate helps women find guidance and teaching to prepare their heart for marriage and how to exercise faith for a husband in this season. The program is graceful, theologically sound, and practical. It's based on successful live seminars held all over the world, from the UK to the Caribbean. And it's animated. What more could you want? No one's making you buy it now. Check out the website for yourself, that's faithforamate.com, and watch the trailer there. I think you'll be impressed by what you see. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Steve Green on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm really excited to welcome our guest into the studio by telephone. Her name is Shalene Bryan. And Shalene, we, we welcome you. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, many of our listeners probably know you from your first book, Love, Skip, Jump. Tell us a little bit about that book and remind us of what a powerful change of life that has been for many of your readers. Yeah, and for myself, I mean, it's it's amazing. It's just it's such a good reminder that we're all one yes away from changing everything and living yeah. the adventure of a lifetime. That's good. I mean, it's a reminder that the answer is always yes to God. What are you going to tell God to wait or maybe or no? I'm not going to do what you want me to do. And yet, my life was saying that to God, unbeknownst to me, mm-hmm. um, by the choices and the decisions I was making. So, love skip jump really. Um, helps not only myself, but the reader to, to jump out of the boat and have walk-on-water moments in their life that they're never going to regret. So you felt the Lord instructed you or, or nudged you to write this book? No, actually, he just dropped it in my face. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I have never had a desire to write a book ever. And um, as you know, because you've watched my TED Talk, I, I did a TED Talk and I got a call from Thomas Nelson, the publisher in Nashville, and they said, we saw your TED Talk. We think you're a chick, Bob Goff, and we'd like to fly you to Nashville and pay you to write a book. And I laughed. I'm like, that's hilarious. If you saw my TED Talk, you know I'm a speaker. I'm a storyteller. I am not a writer. I hated English class in school, and my paper would always get marked with red marks. Mm -hmm. And they said, would you just write the way you speak, and we'll put editors around you. And I'm like, okay. And so that's sort of how Love Skip Jump, I had to get out of my own comfort zone and hop out of the boat and, and make that happen. So it was a fun journey for me. And then 
when that was over, um, they asked me if I'd write a second book. And that's how oh. Ridiculous Faith happened. It just came out. And we'll spend a lot of our time on that book, but I'm not going to get away from the TED Talk yet because I was fascinated okay. by it. I love TED Talks. I've organized TEDx. I, I get it. I love what they do for people, both the people on the platform and those listening. They're life changers. And so how did the invitation come out to you and how did you decide to respond to it? Yeah, so one of my board members, Cheryl Hendry, um, she owns a big uh, like ad agency called Brand Taylors in Irvine, California. And she was asked, to be on a board for a TED event. I didn't even know what TED was. Mm-hmm. You know, um, tech, now I do, obviously, technology, entertainment, design. But I didn't Which know were what you? it was. Were you entertainment? <laughs> yeah, right? I guess I was. I guess. Um, or design. <laughs> yeah, or design, right? Breaking Down Borders of Comfort and Safety right. um, was my first talk. And it was awesome because they were doing a huge event at Segerstrom at the big uh, Segerstrom Arena. And Um, People like Zhao, the creator of Farmville, and uh, all these amazing speakers were there, and I got eight minutes, (laughs) and they're like, you need to come in, and that's what I love about TED Talks, is it cuts the fat, it gets right into, what do you really want to communicate here, and Mm -hmm. is this idea worth sharing? And so now we're such TED junkies at our house. I mean, my kids watch a TED Talk probably every day. Better than cartoons. uh, I, I think they learn more on that than school sometimes. Yes. It's unbelievable when you get to think out of the box. Amen. You know, what I like most for young speakers and growing speakers is that they are so strict. They'll tell you how you're going to speak. And particularly mm-hmm. TED Talks, the TEDx is going to be a little more lax, but I don't know what you've seen, but they really make good speakers. Yeah. You, you need to be a good communicator if you're going to be a TED speaker for sure. That's right. And yet you don't want to lose your own personality in it either. I mean, you want to still have that come through. I think that's what really makes for a successful Mm -hmm. TED talk is when the people believe you. Um, And when you love the people you're about to speak to, um, do they desperately need to hear this message? Yes. And so when you can identify those things, um, you're able to really launch into a great Mm -hmm. talk and leave something with someone that they can share and spread. And hopefully maybe that will ripple into their lives and careers and marriages their friendships um it's amazing and it's always out there it's, it's forever yes. out there <laughs> i agree it's forever and i went back when i got to see it uh first of all let me encourage you you didn't lose your personality in it i thought you did a terrific job it was a great ted talk in oh, fact you. do you know by heart the link to this ted talk do you know how to get do people i know what to, do you know the link to it do you know how to get people there quickly they can find <laughs> you I don't know what yeah, that... at com. Say that um, again. com. Okay, so that that's I just... It's on you, my website. Okay, that's not the way I found it, but that's good. Yeah. Well, let's get busy talking about your book. You wrote a new book. It's exciting. Uh, I've got it in my hands. It's, it's probably going to really help a lot of people. So how did God lead you to begin thinking about this book? Because after writing Love Skip Jump, um, I realized that in order to jump, (laughs) you have to have ridiculous faith, being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you can't see. And I came up with the word ridiculous because one of the the dictionary, one of the definitions for ridiculous was absurdly, unbelievably good. Mm -hmm. And I realized in unpacking Hebrews and writing this book that it's not about me being more faithful or being some super Christian. 
It's that God is faithful. Right. And to be more aware of his unseen hand at work in the lives of myself and the people around me, things that he's setting in motion right now that we might not even benefit from for 20 years, but that he's putting into play. And I, I share true stories in this book that will blow your mind. You'll read it and go, that's just mm-hmm. ridiculous. Because I will read the Bible, and 2,000 years ago it talks about ark building, sea parting, lion taming, walk on water adventures, and I'm thinking... That ain't happening in my neighborhood. Nope. <laughs> I'm not seeing any of that going on. Everyone's building their own kingdom here. But um, you've had bank robberies in your neighborhood. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe that? Uh, uh, tell us about it. I think our listeners would really connect with it. Yeah, that's the first chapter in my book. Right. The biggest thing you I've see what in I've read. Fear, our fear in things, is the opposite of faith. You will literally quench faith out of your life the moment you're fearful. They cannot dwell together. And so... Here I am, I'm 25 years old, I'm running my talent agency, just like this mover shaker in Hollywood, and I have a big cash deposit, and being raised by a SWAT guy, a sniper on the SWAT team, wow. my dad, he would always tell his daughters, you know, don't take, you know, go to the bank in the afternoon, don't go at night, and so I went on my lunch hour, right there on Ventura Boulevard in Topanga, and I go to the bank, at the time it was called Home Savings. I walk in at noon. It's packed with people. I have my blue zipper bag. I'm waiting in line to make a direct deposit. And it was as if the teller could hear me uh, in my mind. I'm thinking, isn't there like a fast pass line for people who don't need money? They're just making a deposit. And then the teller goes, does anyone have a direct deposit? And I wave my blue bag in the air and I go, I do. And I got to pass like all these five people in line. And just as I'm passing the people getting up to the counter, This guy that was two people behind me, this white thing drops from his hand. It was a white T-shirt. And he goes, everybody down. And he's holding a Beretta. And I can tell you, doctor, that when I hit the floor, no joke, as if an earthquake just hit, you know, I just just hit the floor with everybody else. I'm pressing my face against the counter of the thing thinking, God – like, save me. Like, uh, it's amazing how you will cry out mm-hmm. to God in those situations, and you don't care who believes that you know Jesus. You don't care how it sounds. You don't care. It's like you know he's the only one that can get you out of this situation. And in the book, I share what happens. Obviously, I lived. But what happened is, for 20 years, I never went back to that bank. Oh, my. I don't think I would either. And I didn't realize till I wrote the book, and I was coming to the end of the book, that I had to write the last chapter, which was back to the bank. Did and he take your blue bag? I went back. No, did he take your blue bag? Oh, he took my blue bag. He, he First he hopped the counter because that was before they used to have big glass. Mm-hmm. This was December 1st, 1995. I'll never forget it. My husband and I had been married five years. We didn't have any children yet. And I literally was thinking, make it a clean bullet so my husband can remarry someone. And all these things are going through my mind. And then the guy goes, and you with the direct deposit. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, can I blend in here? And he walks over and bends down. I could feel his breath on me. I remember seeing the type of tennis shoe he had. It was a New Balance. Mm. I will never buy a New Balance tennis shoe. (laughs) It's the weirdest thing. And he reaches down, and he grabs the blue zipper bag that was kind of by my legs. And he, I was waiting for him to grab my arm and put the gun to my head and go, open the safe. I think I've watched too many movies. Right. But he took the bag and he walked away. And I'm, I remember going one, 1,000, two, 1,000. And then the manager goes, he's gone. Everyone can get up. And that 
moment of fear that these, you know, 13 people just shared in this bank, mm-hmm. this bond that we instantly had and this availability to talk about where would you go if that had been your expiration date? Well, I've got to ask it. you a business question. I, okay. I, I've got to talk to you about this. This bag, did you get credit for the deposit? I did. Yeah. That was so great. You sound like my husband. I did. You know, <laughs> I was so happy I was alive. I didn't even care. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, <laughs> I care was, because of you. I mean, you worked hard for that money. I did work hard for that money. But it's funny, you know, how, how in those moments, in those, ah, my fear had just completely paralyzed me Good about point. that bank. Yeah. So from that, you had, first of all, let me say to you what you've already said. What a great storyteller you are. You just told that. You might have told it once or twice in your life, but you said it was such a way that I think every listener really could see you standing there in that feeling. Oh, my gosh. It was scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, take us to a mountain journey next. What? Tell me something good about mountaintops. Yeah, I realized that in order to have an experience with God, we need to have mountaintop moments. And just like I scheduled this call with you today to be on your show, I was very intentional about that. I think we make time for the creation, but mm-hmm. not the creator. Good. And I knew I was guilty of that. Like, I'll make time to talk with you. Um, God created you, and he's given you this gift and this show, and, oh, I need to talk with Steve at, you know, 1130 a.m. my time, and, and, I, and I protect it. But we're not protecting mountaintop moments with God, and then we wonder why we don't hear from him. That's good. And I love it because in the book I talk about how Moses, after it had been three months since he brought the Israelites out of Egypt, right? Mm -hmm. He watched all the plagues that God did. He watched as God kept his promises. He watched as the Red Sea stacked up and they walked across on dry land. And yet, in Numbers 2-4 in the Bible, it says he brought out 603,000 people. That's kind of a megachurch. It's kind of a big congregation. And then I was talking to some Bible scholar, and he goes, Shalene, do you know that that was only the men? So it's probably like over a million people he brought out. That's kind of a big, big deal. He's probably pretty busy CEO running that big company of people, and yet God calls him to spend 40 days and 40 nights alone on Mount Sinai. And I don't know about you or your listeners, but I can't find 40 minutes sometimes. Amen. Like, I'm so embarrassed. Four. Let's start with four minutes. That, right? right? Right. Four minutes. And so I'm like, Shaleen, why is that? Why is it? And I said, I think it's because for a lot of years I knew about God, but I didn't know God. Mm-hmm. Like, you can know about Brad Pitt but you don't know Brad Pitt, right? We can know about our president, but we don't know our president unless you've met him or something. And so it's like, I needed to flip that in my life. And what was so cool about Moses is while he was spending that time with him, when we spend time with God, we have an experience with God, it changes us and people can see it. When he came down off that mountain, he was glowing. Aaron, I mean, he was freaking people out. He Mm -hmm. didn't even know it. And so he had to wear a veil over his face, the Bible says, to keep from scaring people. Because when we have experiences with God, it totally changes us. So I want to call your attention to that day that you escaped your bank robbery again. I want to go back there. And I bet by two days later, maybe you didn't have faith to believe that God was going to take care of something simple for you. Right. You you write about that, the fleeting moment. Talk about it. Like that, that I, in that moment in the bank, 
all I wanted to be sure was that I wasn't going to hear me say, Lord, Lord, and him go depart from me. I never knew you. Yeah, that's what you were thinking. Sure. You who practice lawlessness. Like, it's just churchy. Like, don't play fake Christian. It'd be better to just say, I don't believe in the Bible then. You know what I mean? And so in that moment, I'm having this absolute surrender to my Savior, because he's the only one that could save me from that bank robbery. And a day later, I mean, you're giving me too much credit. Mm -hmm. I'm worrying about stuff. I'm like, oh, my gosh, who's going to do this? And how are we going to take care of this? And what's going to happen here? And it's like, really? Really? And isn't that what the Israelites did? I mean, Anna's falling from the sky, and they're complaining and whining and arguing. And we're so human. And I think that when we really schedule and protect mountaintop moments in our life, we're able to see the unseen hand of God at work, not only in our lives, but in the people's lives around us. And you will be forever changed. You'll be left in awe and wonder of who God is. See, before I did this call with you, I didn't have the report that we have now after right. these few minutes. So can you imagine if you actually spent that time with your creator? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. Shannon, just try to answer for me, and I know your book gets to it, so I'm, I'm throwing you slow pitches here because I think I know where you're going to go with it. Tell me, why do those moments pass so quickly, and how can we – uh, self-discipline isn't it. It's getting closer to God. Discipline doesn't do it for me. But tell me, wh- why do these moments pass so quickly? What can I do about it? Yeah, I had to I had to fire the girl that was keeping my schedule. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> that would be me. Yes, I know. I, I You're looking in the mirror when you fired yourself, right? I'm talking to myself here. I pack all these things into my life. I mean, if you looked at my iPhone calendar, you'd be like, really, Shalene? And they're all wonderful things to do, but they're not necessarily authorized by God to do. The Bible says, seek me first. He goes, seek me first in my kingdom, and all these things will be added to you as well. And so my question to myself was, what was I seeking first? Because if he says, I'm going to take care of all your other stuff if you seek me first in my kingdom, Mm -hmm. I either say, I don't believe that. I don't believe you got it. I think you're lying. Or I go, no, 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 you're in the victory business. You're a God of keeping your word, and I'm going to trust that and not the doubt I have in my heart. So what it is is it's an action. See, I love Matthew, I think it's 24, about Peter, right? The 12 disciples are in the boat. And and swimming was a very dangerous profession, as you know, back then. There wasn't swimming lessons. Like, I have a little <laughs> Dalen swim school I could put my kids in to teach them how to swim. Right. It was like, you fell over as a fisherman, you died, you drowned. Mm-hmm. So when they saw what they thought was this ghost, who was Jesus, walking out to them on the lake, Peter cried out to him, and he goes, no, don't be afraid, it's, it's me. And he goes, if it's you, Jesus, tell me to come out onto the water. And he goes, come onto the water. And Peter stepped out of that boat, and by doing so, he got to do something that no one in the history of the world has ever done. Yes. He got to walk on water. And it yes. wasn't that the 11 dudes in the boat didn't love Jesus. They left everything to follow him, right? Yes. They would later be crucified, beheaded, hung upside down for the sake of the cross. But that boat represented comfort and safety for them, and it was paralyzing them. And because of that, they missed out on this adventure of a lifetime, this walk-on-water moment. So, Shalene, do you have those moments when you're sleeping? I think we all have them. We wake up and we're just in the middle of the night or early morning. We wake up for that first time and we have an initial thought of worry. Do you still have that? Uh, I think I think I 
always have little things, but not like I used to, not things that would paralyze me because I realized I have an expiration date. Mm -hmm. When I was born, just like a bottle of milk has a a stamp on it that says it's going to expire, like don't buy the milk after this time. We have an expiration date. Our life is a vapor. But until that day, Steve, try to mess with me. I can walk out of a bank robbery. I ain't going to mess with you. (laughs) Until it's my expiration date, God's like, I'm not finished with you. So now I wake up going, if there's still air in my lungs, it doesn't matter if I'm having a good or bad day. God's like, I still need you here. I have plans for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I either can run towards that or I can run towards my fear today. It's a choice. That's right. And my fear is not going to get me where God wants me to go. And I like to win, Steve. I don't know about you and your listeners. I like to win. And God's in the victory business. He says, I am the vine. You are the branch, Shalene. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. So I have to be very intentional about that to myself personally. And everyone maybe has their own uh, relationship with the way they go about that with God. But for me, I literally wake up, and if I go (gasps) and have a breath in my lungs, I'm like, ooh, dude, I'm supposed to still be here. Amen. God's got something planned for me today. Like, I can't wait. So we're coming near the end. I've got room for a couple of questions, and I, and I want to make sure we direct people back to your website at com, and really hope to encourage people to check out your website first, but obviously buy your books. Uh, everywhere books are sold, correct? Yeah, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, yeah, Ridiculous Faith. And you also can go to RidiculousFaith.com or okay. Ridiculous Faith book. RidiculousFaithBook.com. Right. They can I get, I can get a couple free chapters, and yeah. So let's close with a real nice heart-to-heart chat. Uh, Try to impart in our listeners what you mean by ridiculous faith. Mm. See, I'm not worried that any of your listeners are going to fail at anything. We are the people that get to live in America, um, the land of opportunity. My fear is we might be succeeding at things that don't matter. And so... You're reading uh, my book. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. succeeding at things that don't matter, but what? So what's ridiculous then? Just believing for no apparent reason? You just blind faith? Off you go? Yeah. That's it. See, when we're left in the awe and wonder of who God is, because we actually schedule and make mountaintop moments with God, He will be able to direct your path and lead you into the adventure that He created you to do. And I think for many years I was missing out on that sure. because I was creating my own agenda. Do you have a last thought for our listeners? Anything else you'd like to say? Just to love God and love people, you know? I mean, Amen. it's pretty easy. This isn't something that needs to be really complicated, you know? It's, it's, you got two things to do today. God's like, can you just love me and love people? And I will bring opportunities and missions and events and shift the atmosphere in your favor. But I want you to seek me first. Amen. You've been listening to... Shalene, what a what a marvelous writer, a good thought. Shalenebryan.com. I encourage you to go find her. Find this book called Ridiculous Faith, also by Shalene Bryan. I think you'll enjoy the book. It's a great book. And ma'am, you just really added to our show today. And uh, I'm encouraged by listening to you. Thank you. You've been listening to Charisma Connection. I'm Steve Green on the Charisma Podcast Network. God bless you all. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. 
Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.